Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Um, like I said earlier, it's, uh, it's a real joy to be back. Um, I've only missed one week. Uh, but it's uh, it felt like it's been a long week. Um, do anyone get like that kind of week? Um, there's been a lot going on. Last weekend, we went away to Yarramundi, which is, uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but near uh, Richmond with the men's weekend. Um, and we had, oh, I guess, nearly 40 guys go away together. Um, and it was a, a really precious time. So thank you for those of you who... Uh, released us as men to go, um, and if you're a guy and you didn't go and you thought, oh, that sounds like it would have been really fun, I should have gone, then come and talk to me. We'll, we'll see if we can find another time to get away. But um, it was a really, yeah, very precious time to stop, to spend time in the Lord's presence, um, to encourage each other as men, um, and to really uh, dive into God's Word and, and find out uh, what He wanted to say to us. So, <clears throat> so yes, thank you again. It was a really good time. Yesterday, um, I was also away with the, the Alpha Holy Spirit Day um, up in Kilcare, and we had about 15 of our Alpha uh, participants, attendees, whatever you call them, uh, come up and spent some time praying for healing, uh, offering to uh, pray for those who wanted to give their lives to Jesus. Um, and, and we saw a, number, a healing and somebody else give their life to the Lord. And many people filled with the Spirit, which was just really, really exciting. Um, so there's good things going on, guys. Really good things. It's been a busy week for me, but um, that's kind of secondary. God is busy all the time in, in our community and in, uh, in us and in the world around us. And it's been really fun. So I just want to let you know what I've been up to, I guess, for the last week or so. Um, now, this morning, I'd like to read a chunk of Scripture, but I'm not going to try and attempt to analyze every single verse. We would be here all morning, like the Lord wanted us to get into. But first, I don't know about you, if you remember, but there was a craze back in the 90s. Any of you who are teenagers in the 90s, you will probably recognize what this slide is, if we can have that first slide up. Does anyone know what that is? <laughs> um, that is one of these very annoying magic eye 3D kind of images. And if um, we don't have both screens working, but if you could get close enough and you look past it for a while, you would actually discover a 3D image of a great white shark in that. You're just going to have to believe me, or at the end, you can come, there's a screen down here, and you can just kind of stare at it for about 30 seconds. And you may be one of the lucky ones to be able to see, uh, it's quite amazing, actually, uh, the detail of this 3D shark. Can anyone actually see it now? I'd be amazed if you can. It's too far away. Okay, no, well, that's fine. That's fine. Don't worry. Um, Our world really doesn't understand faith. It often doesn't understand people of faith and is often hostile towards those, uh, particularly in our Western world, towards those who have faith. Um, And generally, the world in which we live says, I can't believe something until I see it. Until I understand it, I'm not going to believe it. But if you want to come to God, He says, 
you have to believe before you can understand. I feel like, I, can I get an amen? That's kind of like, are you guys with me? Yeah, you're waking up. All right, good. He, that's what he says. You have to believe before you can actually see, before you can understand. You actually have to take a choice. Am I going to believe that he's there? And uh, that, that's my encouragement this morning. As we look at the, at the truth of the Bible together, I think he presents this picture to us as he does to everyone that comes to him. Will you have faith? And he, he offers us a bit like that picture. You, you can look at that picture. And if I say to you, well, if you look past it, there is something to be seen and you don't see it. Well, as if you go, well, I don't believe you. And when you walk away, you're never going to see it. But if you actually choose to believe me that there's something, you're not, I'm not just pulling your leg. I'm not just having a go and making a fool of you. But actually, there is something to be seen if you would choose to look at it in a different way. You would see something. Um, and, and even as Christians, when we look at the Scriptures, sometimes there's a choice, a hard choice, about whether we, we will believe who God says He is. And we would understand and see His truth in a different way. We've been going through the book of 1 Peter, um, and when we started the series, you may remember I uh, rather flippantly said, I'm not quite sure why God's got us doing this book, because uh, at the time, we just felt the Lord, we sensed the Lord putting on our heart to look at this, this book, 1 Peter, but it wasn't for any great strategic reason or anything particularly, we just thought, oh, this is the thing we need to get and learn from this book. Um, but we just we sense this is what the Lord was putting on our heart. And it's been really interesting to see some of the things that have been coming up as we've been going through this um, and, and why God put this book on our hearts. And I think there's some more things coming up this morning. Um, but first, a little bit of context. If you were here a couple of weeks ago when Chris... It was lovely that you're here again, mate. It's great. Thank you for leading worship with Jen this morning. Um, but you, you would have heard Chris kick off this series for us. And he went through a bit of the context. So just as a reminder, um, Peter is writing primarily to non-Jews, to the Gentile world. And, but he's using terms, all sorts of descriptions that are very Jewish, very Old Testament kind of language, as he's talking about who they are. And he's basically saying, as, as Chris kind of summarized for us really well, you're now part of this story of God. This is the story that we are invited into. And he's writing to many different churches. So he's not just writing this letter because of one specific issue in one specific church. He's writing a whole bunch of general uh, things. And that's also, I think, why sometimes it feels like he's jumping around. If you've followed along with us and read through 1 Peter... So he's, his letter's full of all kinds of different instructions. But the truths that he is explaining are relevant to all of us as Christians. And he's writing also in a period when the Christians were having to suffer greatly for their faith. Um, in in uh, one part, he describes the, suffered, uh, the, the grief that they've suffered from all different kinds of trials. So it's clear that they are going through... Uh, a real time of suffering because they live in amongst people who are hostile to their faith. And there's a lot of hostility that they, that they find themselves in. So um, I don't know about you, whether you feel like, oh, that's really relevant for me or not. 
But there are some things in this that make it really relevant for us. Because um, we may not feel like we're persecuted for our faith. We hear stories of Christians being persecuted around the world. And we think, thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where we can even gather here this morning and not be afraid of police barging through the door. We're really grateful and so thankful for that. But who suffered grief? Who has suffered trial even in your faith? I think many of you would say, yeah, I know that. Who live alongside people who potentially are hostile to what you believe? And if you were to speak about your faith, how many of you in your workplace would be worried that people would get very hostile? You might lose your job. We, we, we know something of this. And, um, and so this is really relevant for us, even as it might feel like a very different context. There's things the Lord wants to speak to us in our context through this today. So um, Chris, like I said, kicked us off. And uh, in, the first, in the first section we looked at, we understood how we, those who have been called into Christ, have been called out of the darkness of the world into his wonderful light. Okay, And then when Bonnie spoke last week, which I missed, but I read the notes, it was fantastic, um, we, we were reminded how we now are called back into the darkness to live as the light of the world. So before our spouses, before our employees, before authority, we are meant to live like Christ, to bring the light that he puts in us, into our world. And even this really hard statement to repay evil with blessing. There's a high calling in what we're, what we're called to, folks, as we live in this world. And, and we're going to take that a next step this morning. So let me read. If you've got your, um, got your Bible there, can I encourage you to pull it out? If you need a Bible, there's a spare one over on the table. And uh, feel free to go and grab one like just Stuart just did. And, uh, or you can bring your phone. I'm going to read two sections, and I'm unashamedly going to jump over one particular passage, which we can look at another day, because uh, there's a lot to be said. So this is, I'm, I'm going to read from the NIV. This is 1 Peter 3, verse 8 uh, through to 18 to start with. So, finally, all of you, be light-minded, Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good 
than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. We're going to jump over to chapter 4. From verse 1, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. We're going to stop there. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word. And Holy Spirit, we ask for understanding this morning. Help us to understand what you're saying and to put it deep in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. And at firstly, I want to look at this opening part of, that we read in chapter 3 from verse 8. Because um, through chapter 3 and just before, at the end of chapter 2, Paul has been talking about this idea of living under authority. Living under the authority that we see in the world. And he has been encouraging the Christians that he's writing to, to, to honor the people under which they live. For the Lord's sake, he says, you are to honor the authority. So he's talking about the government, really, of the day, the emperor and the governors. He's saying to honor them. He's talking about our employers, to show Christ's love to them and those in authority over us. And especially to husbands and wives, to each other, to show Christ's love to each other. And uh, he summarizes his whole idea, and I'm actually going to read the message version of that, of that first uh, couple of verses we read, which I, I think is fantastic. Um, it says here, Be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. And that goes for all of you, no exceptions. No retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. You see, uh, Peter is talking to Christians who feel like they are foreigners in their own world. They've become Christians and they've turned to Jesus, but now they feel like they're being rejected. They are actually being persecuted and rejected by the very people that were their, their community, that they should feel a part of, and now they don't feel a part of. They feel dis- disconnected. And, uh, and one of the things about that is that P- 
Peter is about to teach them about how to endure this suffering. But first he says, look, let's just make sure if you're suffering, if we're suffering, we're experiencing that because of opposition to Christ in us, not just because we're being jerks. Yeah? So he's saying, the way you live is absolutely fundamental. That first, it's not just because you're being a jerk. You're not just being rude or arrogant. And then that is the thing that people are, are, are rejecting or reacting to. We might be right, but if we're not careful to be kind and compassionate and respectful, honoring people and their points of view, even when they disagree with us, this doesn't please God. I think this is one of the greatest stumbling blocks to people receiving Jesus in our day, can I say. The church not being careful to be loving and compassionate and humble toward people. You know, it's very interesting doing, uh, being part of the Alpha course that we've been running for the last seven or eight weeks. One of the core skills that we are learning as a team is to how to create an environment where people can come who just, they just don't believe this stuff. And, and, they, and we want them to be able to come and say that and feel like this is their space. This is a place that they can belong. And yet, at the same time, can come and say, this is me, I don't believe any of this. And so to create that kind of space, you have to honor where people are at and say, okay, I respect your point of view. And be okay in that place and say, you can still belong here. Because as we do that, we create a bridge. If we're going to give people a bridge to walk over, to then consider what is it that Jesus says about himself, then it has to look patient. It has to look humble. It has to be agreeable. It has to be kind. Otherwise, we're not giving them a bridge to walk over. We're actually building a wall for them to climb over. Yeah? Yeah? I think that's a real challenge for us. I want us to move on to um, a, a, a tricky verse. If you didn't pick it up, then you will now. Um, and I won't, there won't be time to do all of it justice. But I, I want us to look at this because I feel like this is really relevant to us at the moment. In, um, in verse 1 of chapter 4, Peter, write, Peter writes, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body... Arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Done with sin. I think that's fascinating. Who wouldn't want to be done with sin? It sounds fantastic, doesn't it? It sounds very final. And, uh, you know, in the past, religious monks would ritualistically punish themselves in the belief that this kind of suffering would help purge them from the sinfulness in their, in their lives because they wanted to be done with sin. Is that what this means? 
You don't see us doing that here, thankfully. Let me give you a couple of ideas. Because I think there is a couple of different ways, and both reveal the truth of God in this, at looking at this passage. The first is that when Peter's talking about Christ's sufferings here, uh, some folk would say, well, that kind of suffering isn't an ongoing process of suffering. That kind of suffering is actually, he's talking about the definitive death that Christ died. And that was a once-off definitive process. And, and what they say is, look, what they're arguing is, Christ died, he suffered in the body, and he defeated sin. We know that. And so he was done with sin. And, and what they're saying is, if you're in Christ, as those who are in Christ, we have died with Christ. We've suffered in the body. And therefore, we should consider ourselves dead to sin. Right? So it's very similar to this uh, verse in Romans 6 that Paul writes in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So if some would say, well, Peter's not really talking about your everyday you know, suffering or even the everyday persecution you might experience on an ongoing basis. He's just talking about the, the once-off death and sharing in Christ's death. And then, then you are done with sin in the sense that it's done, it's paid for. And you're dead to sin and alive to Christ. And, you know, I think, I think there's some truth in that. But can I say, I also think that ignores the context of what Peter's writing into, which is Christians who are experiencing real ongoing suffering, not only for being Christians, but also just for living in, in the world. There was something that Christ's suffering achieved that we take on. But there's also something about what Christ's suffering reveals about his mindset, his attitude towards suffering. That's why Peter says, arm yourselves with the same attitude. That we are meant to learn. And we actually have an opportunity when we suffer to learn the mindset of Christ. Uh, again, I'm going to go to the, you, the, the message translation because I just think Eugene Peterson shares some, some beautiful light on this. And this is a, can I say this is a hard thing to get our, not only get our heads around, but actually get our lives around. And I, I'm, I'm very conscious of the reality of suffering that happens and is happening in in our lives in many different ways across our community, as I say this. Listen to what uh, the message says here. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. And then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. So, so there is a process that we are invited into as we experience suffering. And um, can I just say very quickly, this isn't, this isn't what the world in our, in our day encourages us to do in so many different ways. Because you hear this message out in the world, which is, 
You can grow through your suffering, so you should embrace your suffering. I've been doing a fair amount of early morning swimming recently, and, um, and I'm, I'm in awe of some of these guys who get out into the, the ocean at this time of the year. And they, they you know, go down, and, and, and the colder and colder it gets, the more and more they seem to kind of get a buzz from it. I don't know if you're that kind of person, but um, there's, there's a thinking out there that as we push into the uncomfortableness, the discomfort, the pain and the suffering, we will actually grow and, and, and to some extent evolve. We will grow into a greater sense of, of uh, I don't know, of being able to deal with stuff. And that in and itself is progress. That's growth. And, and I get that. But we've got to be careful because God, he does want us to grow, but he doesn't want us to grow in ourselves. He wants us to grow into true freedom. And true freedom from self only comes from sharing in the death and the life of Jesus. Another way of saying this is, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But without Him, it's not really valuable growth. And let me also say, I think the Scriptures... um, Encourage us to view suffering as a way of entering in to the life of Jesus. But it, it doesn't actually, uh, it, there's space for us to do that victoriously or in desperation. So when you lose your job, you could say, I won't let this discourage me. God has clearly got another job for me to do. Right? Or you could say, Oh God, help me. You know what I need. I don't know where I'm going to get the money from to look after my family. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. The point is not how triumphant we are. The point is how much we submit to the work of the Lord in our lives to let him shape us, to transform us. How much we trust him that he could use anything that's going on to do that. And I think this comes back to that 3D image we were looking at earlier. We are called to believe what God says about himself. He says, will you believe that I'm good and that I know what's going on? And when we do, and only when we do, I think we're able to open up. Uh, We're able to be open to suffering in our lives, drawing drawing us back to him. And we can have hope in the midst of suffering and rejection. Let's just finish by reading this um, verse. It's chapter 3, going back to chapter 3, verse 14. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. When people see how we respond to suffering, whether it's through persecution and rejection from others or just through the pains of living in the darkness of this world, they will want to know, what is the reason that you have for the hope? How come you've got hope in your life? 
How come? I can see what's going on in your life. I can see the rejection. I can see the hardships. How come you've got that hope? Because that's actually what he offers us. That's what he invites us into, is hope in the midst of suffering. I'd like to stop there and pray together. I wanted to share a... Um, well, let's, let's just stand and allow the Lord just to come and to speak. I hope this is. Um, I hope this raised some questions for you, because that's that's what we're meant to do as we come to scriptures to in, interrogate it and come away with more questions and go back and look again. And you're free to disagree with me on some of these things. Absolutely, I expect you to. In fact, um, but also we are called to say, okay, so what is that doing in my heart, Lord? Lord, what do you want to do with this? Am I unsettled? If you're unsettled at the moment, that's a really good place to be. It's actually a really good place, especially when we come to Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, we would just invite you to come now. Come and rest in your presence. Come and rest on us, Lord. Come and hover over this place. Speak into our hearts. You are perfect truth, perfect love. Let's just wait for him. And what we're doing now is just giving God the time. Not that he takes time, but we take time just to settle in our hearts and speak to us. In worship, I had a picture of a tornado. And I just got the sense uh, for some of us that we feel like where we are right now is in the middle of a tornado. And as we look around, it's quite scary. We see things just being torn, torn up around us by this giant wind and destruction. And we can feel that in the middle there's a sense of peace, but we're not sure how long that lasts. It feels very precarious. And I, I just sense the word Kathy brought earlier, especially about uh, resting between his shoulders, being secure between his shoulders. And that, that was for you. If you sense that that's where you are, right in the middle of that tornado. And in that comes an invitation to draw into Jesus in the midst of that. So just as he's uh, settling in your hearts, I want to invite you, if you've felt wronged and rejected, maybe unfairly treated, or perhaps just by your lot in life, I think there's an invitation this morning just to bring that to Jesus. That sounds really simple, almost too simplistic, but that's actually how simple that is. It might be hard, but it's simple. 
to allow that to draw you to him and not run away from him. So in a moment, we're going to invite, just I want to invite you up and come and get some prayer. We're going to love to pray for you and make some time for that. It's something that we love to do in this church is to stand with each other and to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Um, I also sense that for some of us, you have a deep desire to build a bridge for others to find faith. And that, that's something that really burns in you as we talk about that. Uh, and I'd love us to pray with you uh, that you would be equipped, you would be filled with the Spirit, given wisdom to know how to do that better and better. We'd love to pray for you for that this morning. So Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the way that you've spoken to us. And Lord, I pray that your word would continue to resonate in our hearts as we go from this place into our week this morning. And now, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and you would touch our hearts. We would encounter you. So if, that's, if any of those things you'd like prayer for this morning, whether you feel like that's, that tornado picture is for you, or other, any of those other things I've mentioned, do come forward. We would love to pray with you. Chris and Jen, would you mind coming just um, playing a little bit for us? That would be awesome. So we're just going to wait. Let me just give you some time just to come forward if you'd like some prayer. Or if you sense the Lord's just uh, still doing some work, let's just hang in there a little bit longer. These guys are just going to play in the background. That would be awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.